you listener who are listening to this are incredible. You are unique. You have amazing talents to share with the world and you need to have the confidence to go out there and make things happen. Hello, welcome back. Welcome back to the Wild Business Growth Podcast. This is your place to hear from a new entrepreneur every single Wednesday morning who's turning wild ideas into wild growth. I'm your host, Max Brandstetter, founder and podcast producer at Max Podcasting. And you can reach me at max at maxpodcasting.com to save time with your high-quality podcast. This is episode 18060. That's not a number. 186. And one of these days, I'll get the number right. But today's guest is Mandy McEwen, a.k.a. Mandy Mod Girl. Mandy is Mandy Mongrel. She is the founder and CEO of the award-winning online marketing agency, Mod Girl Marketing. And she is an expert in all things online marketing, especially LinkedIn training and consulting. In this episode, we talk the Mod Girl marketing story. How, Ma- I almost called her Maddie. Mandy carved out her own path and truly does what she wants to do how to talk to strangers online in a non-creepy way, which I really could use myself, and how to relax as a business owner. It is Mandy Madness. Enjoy the show. Alrighty, we are here with Mandy McEwen, who already has my heart because of the alliterative first and last name. So <laughs> bravo, Mandy. I know, I know that was all you're doing. <laughs> it was. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you, did, you did really, really well. But uh, <laughs> you know her from, you've probably seen her all over social media, but Mod Girl Marketing, just an awesome top-ranked marketing agency and just a big name, very valuable in the social media and online marketing space. Mandy, thanks for joining. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me, Max. Of course, of course, and it. I, while I do like that your first and last name start with the same letter, that that's not the only reason you're on, but it is. <laughs> it's a pretty big reason. So, uh, I've always been <laughs> jealous know. of that as somebody with different initials. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, we're gonna get into the Mod Girl marketing story as well as, as well as the online marketing space. But before that, I saw that you not only studied abroad in Spain, but you also. One of your majors in college was Spanish language and lit. So, first of all, can can we do this whole thing in uh, Espanol? Oh uh, yeah, that was. Um, let's see, how many years ago? No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only Spanish word I remember is Espanol. So, oh well, you're, you're, you're I, I guess okay. I got you beat on that then. Quizás, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's a pretty big commitment to dive into a new language as a major in college. What what made you go down that road? Yeah, I've always just been kind of an overachiever anyway. So it's like anything that's difficult, like throw my way and I want it. You know, like I'm weird. I'm one of those weirdos where like my brain has to be like overstimulated and challenged at all times or I'm just not happy with my life. So that started at a young age. And I think, I don't know why, honestly, I loved Spanish class in high school. I was like, yeah, this is fun. But I wanted to be a bilingual school psychologist. So I majored in psych and Spanish. So I was a double major. Um, And then you know, that didn't happen. Um, but I'm, I'm excited, Max, because I'm actually going back to Europe for the first time since I've lived in Spain when I was 19 um, for a 
keynote speaking engagement in May, and I'm going to stay there for at least six weeks. And I'm going to, it's the Scandinavia region. So I'm speaking in Denmark. I'm going to Norway and Sweden and Iceland. And I am super stoked because I haven't been back to Europe um, since, you know, back in the day, 2005, uh, when I was just a little tyke. So <laughs> just anyway, a little tyke, just a little tyke <laughs> exploring the world. That's amazing. I'm excited for you. I think like whenever you're trip planning that it just adds like a daily excitement to you. But I have secondhand excitement for you because of Thank you. This, this trip yes. and the long time between Norway, I think is my latest fascination of like, I'd love to go there and see just the beautiful nature and outdoor scenery there. And the, is it Fords or Fjords? I don't know yes, how to say it. Yes, yes, it is. I don't really know how to say it either, but that's, yes, I'm totally checking those out. I'm spending quite a bit of time in Norway. I'm excited. Perfect. Are you going to get to see the Northern Lights? No, because it's not, I'm going in June, you know, like May and June. And oh, yeah. over the I have summer, no idea how that, that works. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's like a wintertime thing. I love all things like stars and astrology and space and all of that. I'm kind of a nerd in that regard too. And so I'm like, damn it, I'm going to miss that. But I'll go back. I'll go back and see that. So I'm going to be there when it's like in Iceland, it's um, sunny all the time, right? So they have like a midnight run. I'm looking into like a 10K, 5K where they like, it's literally midnight and the sun's still up. So the sun just, they don't get darkness in the wintertime. It's, it's pretty crazy. Have you learned anything or done any research on like how to actually sleep and, and, and be somewhat normal in those environments? Well, I ordered a fancy um, eye mask. So I hope that's all I need. I guess I'll find <laughs> out. <laughs> we'll be finding out. That's the secret to life is just a fancy eye mask. Right? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> so, so you have this amazing Euro trip coming up. I think study abroad for anybody is a pretty foundational time in their life. What is something that you learned from your study abroad in Spain? Which what, what was the name of the city? Because it, I it was Santiago, Santiago de Compostela, so northwestern oh, okay. Spain, and Galicia was the region. Okay, I couldn't remember the full name, so Santiago is much better. But yes, it, it seems like seems like a really cool city. What, what's the biggest thing that you learned or kind of grew as a person from your time there? I think it was just like a humbling experience. Like we were two little spoiled, you know, University of Kansas girls, 19 and, you know, pretty, have a pretty good life. Right. Like, and so we go to this, the poorest region in Spain where they put us because no one knew English, you know, and here we are, these two little, you know, spoiled American girls. And it was just a humbling experience really on like, okay, we are not the only ones in the world as little Americans. Like it, it was just a way to see different cultures, see how different people live and to just kind of change our perspective on like, there's a whole other world out there that's incredible and amazing and things that I would have never even thought of um, if I hadn't have ventured outside my little bubble in Kansas, you know? So it was more of that, of like the culture and kind of dialing it back on like, you know, look, there's so much out there. Like I, and it, and it really did get me to want to travel more and get out of Kansas. Right. And that's why I moved to California and it prompted me to um, learn more about people too. So I was also a psychology major. So I was, I've always been infatuated with people, you know, in the mind and in relationships. And so that also, I think helped catapult me into what I'm doing today is because I'm so intrigued with meeting different people and different cultures and, and seeing different viewpoints and different, um, lifestyles. Right. And so that kind of started my, you know, I don't know what the word is love for just people in general and different types of people and how they live and how they interact and relationships and, and all the things. So your check is in the mail. It's being shipped right now for that fantastic segue. 
We're we're gonna wait <laughs> yes. while it arrives to you. Oh, oh it's coming. But it's you teed way. that up you teed that off perfectly. Let's get to your agency story and online marketing. And so obviously you have a passion for people, you have that passion for psychology and span I mean you could have started a Spanish marketing agency, that would have been cool. But I know, right. <laughs> <laughs> but you have a, a top ranked marketing agency, my girl marketing which I've been seeing in the social media space for, for years and years, and you've done awesome stuff with your Facebook group and kind of all different, wow, this sounds super marketing corny, but all the different levers you pull on social media <laughs> to be out there. But what was it in the first place that gave you an idea that, hey, I might actually be able to start my own agency one day? Yeah, uh, going back to the fact that I wanted to be a bilingual school psychologist and the reason I didn't is because I was I thought I was smart enough to take the GRE without studying um, to get into graduate school. And I, I wasn't smart enough, I failed and I was stubborn and annoyed. So I just uh, went and got a job, right? So I graduated early, kind of a nerd, graduated early from high school and college. And then just went and get a job because I failed the GRE and I thought I was, you know, too cool to retake it and study. <laughs> so I went I mean, and got a sales job. <laughs> you are very cool, to be fair. So okay, well, don't, good, don't be thanks, too thanks hard on yourself. <laughs> got a sales job and it was in home improvement. Okay. So I got a couple of sales jobs in home improvement. And meanwhile, I realized I did not like working for people. And, you know, I'd obviously had jobs growing up and stuff, but like not to the degree of, you know, when you graduate college and get a real big girl job, a little bit different. So I was like, I don't like this, you know, I, I want to do my own thing. So I started researching like how to make money online, literally like typing in how to make money online, like everyone else and their dog, you know, and this was back in 2007. Okay. So I just <laughs> recently graduated college and I was like, realized I didn't like working for people, started Googling stuff and then just started trying out all these different methods of making money online, like multi-level marketing. And then I found SEO and I found like how to build HTML websites. And I kind of fell in love with like the online marketing and it was wild, wild west back in 2007, right? Like this is before you needed social media. SEO was crazy. You could do crazy, like spammy things and rank at the top of Google. Like PPC was cheaper. Like it was the golden days of online marketing. That was when, I think that was around the time that I like first, like I was resistant, but I finally, my friends were like, dude, you got to get on Facebook and like, because that's yes. where everybody's sharing photos. <laughs> so you were a late, a late one on Facebook then, eh? Yeah. I was a, okay. a bit of a laggard and, and different. I was years later, the same thing with Instagram, but now it's like, I'm the landscape's changed so much. Oh yeah. It's, it's so completely different. And so, um, I started doing my own stuff. Like while I had these sales jobs, selling paint and windows and home improvement, two different jobs. I was Googling, you know, and trying things out and spending my own money and long story short, fell in love with SEO. And then I taught myself HTML and I was building like these HTML websites from scratch before I found that WordPress existed. Then I started doing WordPress. And so I started making these affiliate websites. So I started off as an affiliate marketer online while I had a, a full-time job. Um, and so I just started making these websites and selling all sorts of random stuff from like health products to like dog treats and horse training and like anything under the sun, you name it, ClickBank, you know, a lot of digital products. And so I was getting these websites ranked. I was pretty good at once I found WordPress, I was making these awesome WordPress sites, but the commissions were so low. I was making like, you know, five, $10 and I'm like, I can't quit my job off of like a hundred dollars a month. Like this is ridiculous, you know? So 
universe coming in hot. Uh, I heard a business owner that was a roofer that I was working with at my sales job talk about how he was annoyed with his web design and SEO guy and how he thinks he's ripping him off and how he hasn't been showing up in Google and his website's crappy and he's just so annoyed with this guy. And like a light bulb came on and I was like, man, I've been busting my ass over here making these amazing websites, ranking them in Google and making pennies, right? And I'm like, I could do this for businesses. And so that's what I did. And so I started talking to these business owners and then I started emailing people um, that were on like the second and third page of Google in um, Overland Park, which ironically is where I am sitting right now, visiting family and friends in Overland Park, Kansas, which is exactly where I started my business, even though I live in California now. So I was here in Overland Park. You positioned yourself there just for this interview, just to make the story great. Exactly, I, I did. The extra I totally mile. did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, really going, going hard for you here, Bob. Okay, so. <laughs> Serious business here. So I started emailing like chiropractors, like on page like three and four and five and six in Google. And I was like, hey, um, you're not on page one in Google. I can get you on page one for free. All you have to do is pay me 500 bucks once I get you to the top three spots in Google. It's free otherwise. And so I had some takers on that. And then I started doing it for roofers, you know, and then I got some takers on that. And then they started telling their friends and then I started doing their websites because all their websites were crappy. So I get their crappy website ranked on page one of Google. And then I was like, by the way, your website's horrible. You need to pay me to make you a new website. So then they would pay me to make a new website. And then they just started talking to their friends and Kansas City is incredible and it's a tight knit, you know, community. And next thing I know, and this was in 2010. So I was doing affiliate marketing for about three years before like I decided to go the business route um, from business owners, you know, complaining. And that's when it just started taking off um, and just word of mouth. I didn't even have like a web, like at first I didn't even, I had like a crappy website. Like I, my own SEO was like non-existent. My website was horrible. And it was really just word of mouth. I'm like, hey, I can do this for you. I have amazing affiliate websites that are incredible, but like Mod Girl didn't really, you know, kind of exist in the beginning. And then once I realized I had something here, I was like, oh man, I think I, I, think I have something here. I think I can turn this into a business. And that's when I created Mod Girl and then uh, was able to quit my job and, and do this full time. Oh my God. That's out of anybody I've spoken to, you have one of the most like carving your own paths and just like researching and figuring it out stories. I mean, that rolls off the tongue <laughs> that, that <laughs> I've heard. I mean, you clearly were somebody that really didn't like working for somebody else and you knew that there were more opportunities out there to do something on your own. You just needed to find what it was and try stuff out. Exactly. So that, that's yep. really inspiring in itself. You mentioned that you offered to get people top three on Google before they even paid you. How did you have the confidence and the tactical know-how to to actually do that? Well, I was, you know, I was doing SEO for three years. And so local SEO was like, oh, back in the day, local SEO is actually a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot different now than it was back in the day. But back in the day, local SEO was easier than global SEO, right? So I was ranking globally for these crazy keywords for my affiliate website. So I was like, hell, if I can do this, I can get a Overland Park roofer ranked on page one in Google, no problem, right? Now it's a lot trickier. You got the list, you got Yelp, you have all these big, you know, directory sites you're competing with. You have like the Google Maps, you have to do all sorts of things with. So into the, you know, in 2010, it was a lot easier to get people ranked, you know, on the first page of Google. And I just had the confidence because, I mean, I have a lot of confidence in general, always have and always will. <laughs> so um, I'm of the notion that I can do anything and I'd been doing SEO for three years and killing it. Um, and so I was like, yeah, I can do this. And I was able to do it and I didn't even need to do it. I think I only did it for two people for free. And then after that, I didn't even need to do any anything else for free because I started getting referrals that the people that I originally signed up, started hiring for more things and they would pay me on a monthly basis, you know? So it only like was a good, you know, foot in the door 
kick off. Um, but yeah, I just had the confidence because I had been doing it for three years myself. And what was it that you think drove those referrals? Um, the fact that I'm awesome, obviously. Come on, Max. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this is what finally sold me to to ask you on the podcast. You know what? She's awesome. It's just about time. <laughs> no, I was getting amazing results, and I think I was I was unique. I was this young female. Like, I, no one had ever seen anything like this. Like back in the day, like everyone that I knew was a male that was doing this, like SEO and web design. It wasn't really a female thing back in the day, right? Um, now there's loads of females doing it, which is amazing. But like when I started out, you know. I was a very rare breed, this young female that, and so I think people were also intrigued that like, I was so good at what I did and I was fun and young and you know, like we could kind of be friends and I was just totally different. And I genuinely cared about their success. Like a lot of agencies, um, they just don't care, right? They're just a number. So I would go above and beyond making sure that my clients had the best results possible and that they were incredibly happy. And I gave them more than what they paid me for, right? Like I'm an over deliverer in everything I do. And that is also what made me stand out. And that's what kept the referrals coming in. Yeah, you kind of under delivered with that answer. No, if anything, <laughs> you over delivered so with that. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> no, once you got that, the monthly recurring revenue starting, and it starts to feel like a real business. When you look back now, what was a key decision that you made that really started to to pick things up from a revenue standpoint? Hiring people. Going to Fiverr.com, Max, was my oh first my God. hire. I yes. I, I love, I don't know what you're about to say next, but I <laughs> love, it, on the podcast, that, like, Fiverr has been so helpful. Just in these early years of my podcasting business, it has been so helpful. Yeah, I love Fiverr. I've always loved Fiverr, right? And I, it gets a lot of, you know, of a smack talk from a lot of people. But if you know how to use it, <laughs> if you know how to use it, then it's amazing. And back in the day... It was really amazing when it first started because there was a lot of quality people on there. Now you, there's a lot happening. You got to kind of find the good ones, you know. But right. with reviews and stuff, I think that's the key is you, you got to spend the time. Like it, yeah, it, you, you got to commit that time to actually find the right people and, and yes, and test it out a little bit before you you know go all in on somebody. Exactly. And people are lazy generally. And so they complain. And I'm like, well, did you read the reviews? Like, did you message the guy? Right? Like, did you do your homework ahead of time? Probably not. Um, so yeah, my first, you know, I was like, okay, I have something here. I can't do this myself. Like we were doing blog, I was doing blogs and SEO and, and then started doing social media for people. Um, and I was like, I got to hire someone. So my first hire was a writer from Fiverr and she worked with me for like five years. Um, and then my second hire was a social media gal from Fiverr that I ended up hiring full time. Um, um, several years ago. And so like I started building a team and outsourcing um, and then white labeling, right? So I would find other agencies to help do like some of the SEO backlinking for me. And so that's really what started this like, okay, this is actually becoming, you know, a business now with like, now I need to step up my game because I'm hiring people and I have to pay them. So let's get serious. You know, now I can focus more on sales. Now I can, you know, focus more on my own marketing. And so I think that um, luckily I hired people soon thank the Lord. Um, I very quickly, like after my first, maybe two clients that I had on retainer, I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this all myself. Like this is, this is too much. Yeah. I mean, unless you want to stay up all all night, every night and have no time on weekends or anything. Right. Right. And I already work a lot, you know, not doing execution. Um, so I can't even imagine, right. Doing all that myself. Cause it's a lot of writing, like, and we're organic, you know, like we've always been an organic marketing agency. We've done ads and stuff in the past for people, but historically, you know, for 15 years now makes me seem old. I have been specializing in, um, 
organic online marketing, which takes a lot of time and resources, as you know, you know, and so you got to have people to help you with that. Otherwise, like you said, you're not going to sleep. You said the the first two roles that you fivered and then eventually hired for were writer and someone on the social media decide. Oh my God, I I got ahead of myself. Social media side. (laughs) How how did you decide to focus on those areas for help right, right off the bat? And what's funny is the, um, and this is what I tell agencies all the time is project managers should be your first hire always. Like you need someone to, to deal with a client. And my social media gal ended up being like the social media slash project manager that would, you know, handle things with the clients and kind of like an account um, manager slash project manager as well. Um, but yeah, how I decided that is because I don't have time to write. And I'm, you know, I've always enjoyed writing and, and I was pretty good at it even in high school and college. And I'm a, I'm a decent writer, but it's not realistic for me to write all my content for my clients, you know, back in the day when I started. Obviously it isn't now, but, you know, especially when I first started, I was like, I have to hire a writer because I don't have time to write all this. And I'm not, I don't call myself a professional writer, you know, like I never have, I never will. Like I'm, I'm a marketer and an entrepreneur and I, and I can write fine, but I'm not like calling myself that. And I, I, I have to hire like an actual professional, like a content writer. Like this is what they do for a living. Like this is what I need, you know, um, instead of my clients getting Mandy copy, which is fine. It does the trick, you know, but like <laughs> hey, Amanda step show. it up a notch. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that is why that was my first hire. And then, but you know, project managers should always be agency's first hire, um, uh, because it just helps keep everything organized and streamlined and it frees up so much of your time to focus on growing the business and not managing clients and managing projects. And so that ended up, Natalie ended up being my social media slash project manager. And then ever since then, I've always made sure that I had enough project managers and and people to help, you know, keep things moving and, and keep taking care of the client and making sure that everything's getting results. When you made that first full-time hire, did you have enough revenue that you felt comfortable doing it? I did, but I'll tell you this right now. Um, I don't have any, I'm the only full-time employee right now. Uh, I have all contractors now, so I have a much bigger team um, and they work part-time. But um, I, I, I won't say I regretted that. It was a really good learning um, experience and decision and all of that. But um, I am not going to do that again until I am ready to hire someone to take over like my role, right? Um, As like running, like not obviously my entire role, but like the running the business side, like I'm not going to hire a full-time employee again until I'm ready for that. So I did have enough revenue um, coming in, but it was was annoying because once you put someone on salary, uh, which is what my experience, you know, it changes things. Right. And so I was so young and didn't really know what I was doing. And like, I didn't have the experience of having a full-time employee and giving her like, this is what you need to be doing. These are expectations. Like I take full responsibility for it not working out, you know, because of that. And I was a little naive in how everything worked and just, you know, payroll and taxes, like expectations of her role and what I, you know what I mean? There was just, something was lacking there. But again, I was super young, didn't really know what I was doing. And so it's just different. You have to have systems and processes in place. And I need someone to help me. Like I have to have some, like an operations hiring person to help me next time this happens. Like I, I know my strengths and weaknesses now, and I know what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. And that is not one of them. <laughs> I'm great at, right. Is like managing that whole process of people and hiring and uh, tasks and delegating and all of that. Like I need some serious help. So it was nerve wracking, but it was a, a great learning experience. Um, just with the way my business is set up now, I don't need 
full-time employees. Um, I have an amazing team of freelancers that are awesome and um, are happy with what we're doing. And once we get bigger and start, you know, getting a lot bigger then you know, I'm sure we can toss around that idea, but of more um, getting towards that, but it's just not necessary at this point in my business. And so I tell agencies this all the time. I'm like, do not hire full-time employees unless you absolutely are 100% sure that you need them to be full-time a, and that you have enough revenue for several, several months, you know, 12 months to continue paying them. Right. And you have all the expectations. Otherwise, I don't think it's necessary in this day and age we live in as a digital marketing agency to have a, a team of full-time employees until you are rather large and then you can go that route. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm totally, I'm, to uh, I'm talking over my words. I am totally with you. I mean, there's so many freelancers and contractors that are just amazing and they, and it makes sense for their business to help out multiple business, you know, more than just yours as well. And so it's, uh, I, I'm with you. I don't think you need to just have full-time hires in order to have an awesome business. I mean, you're living proof of that. Besides hiring in whatever form that may be, what else would you say was instrumental in growing Mod Girl over the years? Pivoting, being agile and pivoting. I have pivoted my business model I don't even know how many times, dozen or more times since I've started in 2010 and we're going on year 12 now. I thought you were going to say since you started this interview, like that. Uh, since yeah. I started this interview, yes, Preach. I've pivoted 12 <laughs> times. <laughs> but I would say just the agility and being able to like just roll with the punches and, and figuring out like what needs to happen and just completely pivoting and trying new things, you know, um, not, and also like not stressing out when you have these ebbs and flows in your business and maybe things aren't working out the right way and just knowing that it's all going to work out and you that's when you need to pivot and figure another thing out you know and so it's just the it's staying calm under those types of situations and knowing when is the best time to pivot right so seeing the signs seeing what's happening in the industries um you know the changing in the landscape and social and just all the things covid i mean there's so many you know points in my career that have caused me to take a step back and look at all the resources and time and energy that I'm putting into things. And then looking at what do I want to be doing? Like what, what, what do, what makes me feel alive? Like, what do I love the most about my job and, and where do I see the most potential in blowing this business up to where I want it to be in a way that requires me also to have a life and not work 15 hours a day. Right. So what does that look like? And so it's taken me a while to get there, Max. I'm being honest. I mean, I started Mod Girl in 2010. Here we are in, in 2022. And I finally feel like I am in a place where I am doing 100% what I love with great margins and amazing clients and every day is awesome and i love it and it's and i'm doing something specific on the linkedin and training and, and demand gen strategy front and speaking and i'm i'm finally like in a place where i'm like i really i think this is i think this is it like i think this is 100 percent what i need to focus on to scale instead of all the trillion other things that i've been doing and still have in the background going on like you, right? I mean, you're in my Facebook group. You know that I have products for agencies, right? And I have memberships and all the things, but like I am a typical ADD entrepreneur. You know, I told you in the beginning of this interview, like my brain has to be like challenged and firing on all cylinders at all times for me to feel alive and, and happy, right? Which is crazy. Um, but 
that's just how I am. And so now I'm, I'm finally at this place where I'm like, okay, no, this is awesome, but it's taken me a while to get here, you know, and I've obviously been successful throughout the whole time, but I have pivoted and you've, you've seen it, right? Like I don't launch my products anymore in my Facebook group. Like I pivoted from that model of selling products to agencies. I still have some stuff out there and I'll probably have some new courses and, you know, in the next year or so for anyone right on LinkedIn and whatnot. So I'm not saying I'm never going to have courses again, but I had to know, like, look, it's time to pivot. You have to do what's best for you. And so I think that's another part of of my success, but it's also kind of hindering too. It's like, it's awesome, but it's also annoying because <laughs> I've changed so many times, right? And it's like, you you read these books and you, you know, you listen to the influencers and it's like, focus on one thing. You want to succeed, focus <laughs> on one thing and one thing only. And here and I exactly am. Exactly that voice and tone. <laughs> exactly that voice. Exactly. And so I'm like, yeah, I've tried a trillion million things and I'm glad I did because that's how I am. Like, I don't want FOMO, right? I, I wanted to know what it's like to have my own courses and my own mastermind and my own products and my own memberships and my own Facebook group and and training and speaking and SEO clients. Like it's like for me, I had to know and I had to experience all of that for me to find this is where I want to be. You know, that's awesome. But it's you know, it's taken me a while to get here. Of course, all the time I've been successful, obviously, but it has been up and down because of the pivots that I've made. Um, but I am. I'm happy and like everyone's journey is so different, right? And and I started out 100% on my own. I had no help, right? Like I was figuring this out as a young 22-year-old when I first started. You know, like I didn't have investors. Tyke. I didn't have a partner. I was a little tight, right? Like, so I've literally been figuring this out myself the entire time. I never had, you know, I didn't partner with anyone. It's just me um, and, you know, my mentors and stuff that I find along the way. But I think that's probably why my journey is also, and it also has made me a very dynamic marketer and entrepreneur because I can do it all, you know, like there's nothing that I haven't done when it comes to online marketing and even advertising, right? Even though I'm not an advertiser, I've done Facebook ads. I've done Google ads. Like I've, I've literally dabbled in everything monetization wise online. I mean, everything that's legal and not sketchy. Right. Um, so <laughs> that, that we know of <laughs> that we know of. Right. And so now I'm to this place where I'm like, I can provide a, a ton of value to people and to businesses because of the experience that I've been on, because I wanted to try everything, you know, probably wasn't the best move from a revenue standpoint, you know, for scaling a business, me literally wanting to try every single thing, but I have no regrets. And I think it made me who I am as a professional and a person as sitting here today, talking to you because I do have amazing skill sets that a lot of people don't have because I have done so much in my career. It makes me smile to hear you say that, like just, trying out, as you said, a trillion million things. Sometimes it, it takes that to figure out what you actually love and what you enjoy doing. And you can hear in your voice like you're just glowing with what you're doing right now. So that's really, really, really cool. Of those things that you're doing today, like you mentioned, like the LinkedIn training, demand generation, you know, stuff focused in the online marketing space, which of those are you like the most passionate about helping your clients and, and community with? Personalized online relationship building. So sales, online sales in a B2B world, but in a way that is different than what people have been taught and what people have been doing for years um, in a way that resonates and makes people come across as a trusted industry expert and not just another sales rep, you know? Um, and this goes for anything. Like we, we, I train sales teams, but I'm talking to entrepreneurs here at the same time, right? So the LinkedIn and, and combining with email aspect is what I'm most passionate about is just is showing people that there are better ways to start conversations with people and land meetings and then eventually turn those meetings into clients. You know, there, there are better ways that make you and your company 
come across as trustworthy and reputable and not slimy and desperate, you know? <laughs> Which of these two is better? Right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, and so that's what I love. And, and I love um, showing people like live, right? Like that's what I'm, it's, that's what makes me feel the, the most alive is when I am live, right? So when I'm on trainings and I'm training sales teams and I can work with them live in workshops and, and help them out and, and kind of show them like the, this is a better way of starting conversations. Why don't you try this? Have you, have you tried this messaging? Have you asked this question? You know? So it's just like a conversational sales really, but with uh, in the digital marketing space. So it's funny cause you know, primarily I've been 100% marketing and obviously like I've obviously been in sales my whole life. So I'm saying that, but I'm saying like for my clients, I have um, just been providing marketing services for all these years. And just recently because of LinkedIn um, and, and my passion for LinkedIn and the need for sales teams to learn how to effectively leverage LinkedIn, I am really focused now on sales teams and working with sales teams. And it's great because I do have a sales background and I, and I think I'm a great salesperson. So it, it kind of works out, but I'm kind of training salespeople how to be mini marketers is really what I'm doing now, you know? And so it's like, retraining their brains, right? Like restructuring like their mindset of what sales is when it comes to online, because these businesses have been out of in-person, you know, events and conferences uh, for a while now, thanks to the pandemic. And so they're really having to focus more on online um, relationship building and landing meetings and demand gen and, and all the things because they don't have those you know, they're not doing a lot of in-person stuff anymore. And so it really is getting salespeople up to speed on how to leverage marketing tools like LinkedIn, like email in a way that resonates and builds real relationships that last. What's your favorite way to start conversations on, I don't know, I'm saying this so formal. What is your favorite, what's your favorite, <laughs> what's your favorite way to start conversations online in a non-slimy way? I like to engage with people on social media ahead of time. And what I mean by engage is look at their content. So on LinkedIn, um, I like to go and look at if they're posting on LinkedIn. And so liking their post, commenting on their posts, doing it for one or two posts, waiting a couple of days. A lot of times they'll go ahead and send you a connection request without you even having to do it because they see you're engaging, which is a score home run there. But if they don't, then you wait a few days, send them a custom connection request. Hey Max, I loved your post on A, B, and C. I also agree that, you know, X, Y, Z. And they're gonna know that because you saw, you were the one that commented on the post, right? Um, and then you send a custom connection request, tooting their horn, making them feel good, telling them their content's great, specific content, obviously, that you engage with, and then sending that connection request and then just taking the conversation from there and then asking questions, right? So I'm all about asking questions. So don't ever come out of the gate and tell people like, hey, um, I can do this for your team and we can do this and this and this and this and this, right? Like, it's okay if you mention what you do, but you shouldn't be pitching ever until you get on a phone call with someone. And even then, it's more of a value, not really so much pitch. Especially if the first message is like, seven paragraphs long with oh gosh, a link right. and a survey and so uh, here's where you here's where you go for a blood sample and yes <laughs> for real though here's where you put your credit card and your social security number <laughs> um yeah and so it's just being a human being honestly max i tell people all the time i'm like just don't be weird like just act like you and i are here in person and we're just having a conversation like how would you handle that like you would start asking questions like you would start start the dialogue you would say nice things about them obviously and and you know that is the first step is like saying, you know, making people feel good about themselves and their company, right? So you always want to say nice things about the organization and the person, like to get them, you know, 
wanting to actually talk to you. Everyone loves flattery, right? Um, and then from there, just starting to ask questions on like, hey, like I noticed your your sales reps profiles aren't optimized on LinkedIn. Are they using LinkedIn as a as your main prospecting tool? Question mark. You know, like that's just a random example that I use, one of the many. And so it's just like starting that conversation with people instead of coming out of the gate, just like you said, with like, you know, seven paragraphs of all the things that you can do for them. I really like don't be weird with the exception that as a weird person, that it's very <laughs> difficult. <laughs> you want to know what's funny? I was on a, I have another training this afternoon, my, my last for a digital marketer workshop I'm doing on LinkedIn. And, and on Tuesday, I literally had that slide and it was, um, Will Farrell in, I don't know which one it was. I think, it, oh yeah, it was um, Elf, where he's like, did we just become best friends? You know, so it was like, you sent me a LinkedIn connection. We just became best friends. And it was the Elf, you know, little oh, meme. Oh, you know what? I, I I do have to correct you just because I'm a huge Will Farrell fan. That's from Step Brothers. That's Step it Brothers. It is from Step Brothers? Oh my God, yeah. that's funny. Okay, well, it was a, well then it wasn't Close. me that did the meme wrong. It was, <laughs> it, but it was a picture of him from Elf with oh, the, yeah, the Elf had just on? become best friends. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Maybe it wasn't. <laughs> wow. See, now I don't know. I'm getting my, I have so many Will Ferrell uh, memes that I'm getting yeah. confused. I thought but, you were going to okay. say old school and then Anchorman. Oh, old school, yes. I do have Anchorman memes too throughout. I'm a, I'm a, and that's what I love training because I make people laugh and smile and I have like loads of glorious memes throughout all my trainings. It's so great. Um, but yeah, it's funny because someone literally was like, well, what if you're weird? Like, what if you're a weird person in general? And I was like, okay, well, you know what I mean? <laughs> they said the exact same thing you did, Max, but what if I'm already <laughs> weird? I'm like, okay, you know what I mean? Like, be your weird, cool self, but <laughs> I can't help you if it's because I think they were talking about what if the other person is a complete weirdo in real life? I'm like, well, I don't know what to do about that. Then. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Match made in heaven. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> Hey, weird is cool. Not that I would know firsthand or anything like that, but uh, being weird is uh, it, it, it pretty pretty cool. I, if you want to be a little weird with your podcast, a little weird with your branding for your business, I can help you stand out, and I can help you do that. Hit me up at max at maxpodcasting.com. Uh, we can talk about all the weird stuff you want, uh, maybe not all of it, and uh, I can help you save time with your high-quality podcast. Email me at max at maxpodcasting.com to save time with your high-quality and possibly weird podcast. Now, let's talk how to chill out a bit as a business owner because this shit is stressful. So let's switch gears, switch weird gears a little bit and, <laughs> and get to inspiration and creativity. So this is more about you, you as a person. And you mentioned earlier that when you make these pivots – it's really important to kind of think through things logically, stay calm, maybe take a deep breath. What do you do to kind of, I guess, relax yourself or, or keep that calm feeling despite being a business owner who's you know, got a tough job? I practice meditation and gratitude. So that helps me a lot. So I'm constantly, you know, before I go to bed and when, when I wake up in the morning, I'm thinking of three things that I'm grateful for that just happened to me in the last 24 hours. Um, and then meditating, right? Um, and that those two things alone help me a lot. Um, just realizing like what is important. So even the gratitude thing and like random things come up and I'm like, okay, well, I'm grateful for that because, you know, I did make the pivot and I'm doing something that I love, right? And so it's just little little things like that help. And then just being in nature. I love outdoors. That's why I moved to California. I've lived in California for 10 years now and the weather is amazing and, and I love going to Hawaii. I'm getting ready to go there in a couple weeks again. 
I was just there a couple of months ago. And so being outside um, in nature is another amazing, like creative inspiration tool for me. It's just like when a lot of ideas come to me is when I'm just outside enjoying, you know, the beauty that um, is around us all the time and just being grateful, you know, like we're just a little speck here in this glorious world. And, and I'm so grateful to be here and, and doing what I love and helping people. And so it's just like that perspective um, of just slowing down because you know, I've been saying this throughout this whole interview with you is like my brain moves a million miles a minute. Right. And so the only way I can get it to shut off are the things I just told you, you know, it's just like <laughs> being outside, you know, and being grateful and being in the moments. Um, otherwise it's just, you know, you put me in front of a computer and I'm just, just go, go, go like for 20 hours. Stop. I could just nonstop, you know, get stuff done, but I need that time. I need the time to decompress. I need the meditation time. I need the time outside to in nature to an exercise. Like that's a big part of my life too. And and when I also have creative ideas is when I'm working out, you know, so I'm also very active and I, and I try to, to keep up on, on exercise. And I love obviously working out outside. And so there's just a lot of things that I, I make sure that I'm doing, um, to keep the creative juices flowing and to keep me grounded and on the right path. Because sometimes if we're just grinding nonstop and we lose sight of like why we're doing this in the first place and, and what we already have that we're grateful for, it you just keep going down this path. You're like, what the hell am I doing? Right. And I would find myself doing that a lot, you know? Um that's just like, okay, I got I gotta change here. And these these things I'm telling you are fairly new in the past couple of years. The meditation, the gratitude. It's not like I've been doing this for 10 years, right? Um, but it has helped me tremendously to decrease my stress. I used to freak out. Like if I did a big launch in the Facebook group that you're in, right? If I did a big product launch and I didn't hit my numbers, I would freak out. I would cry. I would get hysterical. I would stress out. And, and I, you know, I've grown a lot as a person and, and spirituality as well. And I don't do that anymore. Like I don't really get stressed. Like if something doesn't go away, I'm like, oh, oh, well, like move on, like go on to the next thing, you know, like, and I know when I'm getting to that point where I need to take a break, you know, I need to, you know, go on a trip again. I need to, to go outside. Like I know my limits and I am in a much better place um, personally to where I can handle the stress, you know? Um, and so that was a long winded <laughs> answer to your question, but you no, got a no, lot more probably than you It asked. was actually therapeutic. So <laughs> on brand for it. Okay, good. <laughs> I have a theory that even like a millisecond in fresh air can brighten your mood because like it doesn't you don't need to go for like a 17 mile run i don't know why that distance specifically but <laughs> 17 even uh <laughs> or an icelandic 10k although i'm sure that will be awesome yes but like even just like a short minute or two outside can like it's just such a good refresh and i feel like helps your productivity for the next hour multiple hours so much compared to just like, all right, I got to get the next thing done. Uh, I'm not even getting up for a sip of water. Like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. totally. And that's one reason I, I love California because I work outside all the time, you know, like when I can, when I'm places, you know, in places that are warm, like I want to be outside. So I'll take my laptop and I'll, you know, put a little setup and I'll work outside, you know, um, and I'm with you 100%. It just completely changes, can change your, your mood. And then on the gratitude front, I really like this concept and I think it's a, it's a good pick me up like before bed. Logistically, like how much time do you spend thinking about each specific thing that you're that you're grateful for? I almost said that you're gratitudeful. Yeah, 
it's really not a lot of time. Um, it's just, they're really simple, you know? So I am grateful that I am, have an awesome friend, Jody, here in Kansas City that is allowing me to stay at her house for a week for free. Like that takes two seconds, right? Like shout I am so Jody. grateful. Yeah. Shout out Jody, right? I'm grateful for Jody by, as well. Actually. I know, Jody's amazing. Um, <laughs> She's and, like, what, are you calling me? <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. And just like, I am super grateful for the client that I just landed today because they are perfect, right? So I literally, it's like a sentence in my head and it just comes off the top of my head. You know, and sometimes it's three, sometimes it's five, sometimes it's more. And sometimes I'm like, okay, Mandy, that's enough. Like we got enough, we got enough things you're grateful for. Go to bed now, right? But it doesn't, it literally, it comes to me fast and I don't spend a whole lot of time I'm like in my head going over, you know, it's just very quick, like quick to the point, one sentence, move on to the next. So speaking of quick, let's wrap up with some rapid, rapid fire or quick fire Q and a, just to have a little let's go quick for it. And cues everywhere, but, uh, let's get wild. You ready for it? Yep. All right. Let's, I usually say let's get wild after I ask that. So I'm all mixed up of sorts, but <laughs> all right, let's get wild. So, uh, Santiago de, et cetera, whatever the name was for the city, <laughs> which sounds really cool. Comp, Compoleta, something Stella. like that. Stela. All right. I had, well, I had Santiago, right? You got it. You did. <laughs> Santiago. What, what's the coolest, absolute number one coolest thing to do there? really the only cool thing to do it's not really the coolest place if i'm being honest spain is cool but they didn't really put it the uh, the cathedral it's like this famous huge cathedral that the pilgrim they have like the pilgrimage and it starts i think it starts in santiago and what that is is basically like people like hike in this long distance and it's i think the cathedral is like one of the main points so people from all over the world come to see the awesome cathedral and we had a, a little view from our um tiny little apartment that we were renting from someone. So that is the coolest and only thing to do in Santiago is to explore the cathedral. <laughs> Appreciate the transparency. <laughs> what is a, a weird talent you have that if somebody, friends, family, somebody calls you out for, doesn't have any impact on your business, but you're just really damn good at it. I like, um, I'm, I'm really good at like throwing random, I like to cook. And so I'm good at like whipping up like really random dishes out of nothing, but that's not really weird. It's just like a, you know, a skill no, I have. I mean, but... whipping it up out of nothing. So what's an example of that? Oh, well, I've been traveling so much that I haven't had to cook for the last several weeks. So I couldn't even tell you, I can't even tell you an example, but just anything like I can, you know, I can work with whatever's in the refrigerator and try to make a masterpiece out of it. So, you know, learn that from my dad. Mandy's masterpieces cookbook yes. coming soon. <laughs> Except they, for uh, when my, she's my on good the friends um, used to call me Chef on the Fly. That was my nickname. Was Chef Ooh, on the Fly. I like that. Yeah. yeah. So she's like, you need a YouTube channel, Chef on the Fly. I'm like, okay, okay, girl. So that's a name. <laughs> and then you went to Kansas. I always it was obviously like a fantastic basketball tradition there, and the environment at what's it called, Fog Island. Is supposed to be one of the craziest. Allen Fieldhouse. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Allen Fieldhouse. I always thought the like part of me thinks the rock chalk Jayhawk chant is cool, and then part of it is like always a little weirded out because of the like monkish kind of old school vibe of it. And it was like <laughs> something about it just makes me a little uncomfortable. I, I don't know what it is, but what what is it like being surrounded by that chant all the time? <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. I love it so much. I'm still like rock chalk. No, it's great. KU is awesome. I'm actually surrounded by loads of KU Jayhawk things um, in this office. It's we're pretty big, pretty big Jayhawk fans here in uh, Kansas City. Um, but no, it's I, I it's can't incredible. imagine why. No, <laughs> I know, right? I can't imagine. It's just right down the street. Um, well, 45 minutes ish. Um, but no, it's awesome. It's just that environment. 
I don't think people are exactly falling asleep in the stands. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's why I'm like, I'm a little bit older now, so I don't know if I'd be okay with people screaming in my ear at this age, you know, <laughs> like 20 <laughs> years later. Um, I don't know. We'll, we would have to see, but no, it's, it's pretty fun. And then last one, you mentioned that you geek out about space and stars and all that sorts of stuff. What What's the thing you find most fascinating about space in the universe in that world? I guess that world sounds ironic. Otherworldly life, of course. That's what I'm infatuated with. Extraterrestrials and anything, not even like, not even like intelligent life, just life, plant life, like what's happening on these other planets. Like there's, there's such an amazing world out there that we have, you know, we don't know a whole lot about, you know? And so it's just amazing for me to think about that and the life that exists on other planets and all the things. It is amazing. I, I have to confess that my fiance, Dan and I, at the time of this recording, we live in an apartment that has a skylight. And like one of my favorite things to do before bed is just look out and see, oh, if, see if there's amazing. a star in the, yes. see if there's a star in the window uh, in, in view. And it's just kind of, you know, as, as much as you're stressed in the day to day or like whatever you were working on that day, it does put things in perspective, how, how big things are and how small we are. And uh, exactly. it's just pretty crazy. Yes, I love staring at the stars. It's my one of my favorite things to do. So that is rad that you have a skylight. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, We <laughs> worked hard to install. No, it was there. But uh, Mandy, That's thank awesome. you so much. This has been absolute pleasure having you on and well, learning from me. you. And, and, and of course, of course. And really, really appreciate your time and tips and stories. Where's the best place for people to connect with you as a person as well as your agency? Yeah, so I am active on all social media. Mandy Mod Girl is where you can find me. And then, of course, LinkedIn is my jam. So Mandy McEwen on LinkedIn. And then modgirlmarketing.com, you will find all the things. Um, I have multiple websites and another brand, Luminetics. But modgirlmarketing.com is kind of the house of everything. So you'll be able to get to where you want to go from that. Um, but I'm active on social. So whatever social channel is your favorite um find me on there happy to follow you back and if there's anything i do to help you guys um feel free to reach out i didn't know you were on social media <laughs> i know right go figure <laughs> crazy. crazy awesome that's perfect then last thing final thoughts it could be a quote a line just something short and sweet to send us home take us home here take us home here um well since we've been talking about confidence i'm gonna leave it on that so just know that you listener who are listening to this are incredible. You are unique. You have amazing talents to share with the world and you need to have the confidence to go out there and make things happen. People do want to hear from you. Your voice is important. So have the confidence to go out there, start posting content, start reaching out to people, start making things happen, step outside your comfort zone, hop on video if you haven't before. So I just want to encourage all of you to have the confidence to go out there, put yourself out there, make things happen and know that you can do anything you want. So you're saying there's a chance? Thank you so much, Mandy, for dropping the mic, sharing your awesome stories, tips on everything from confidence to not being creepy, which could be in the same ballpark and in some ballparks. And thank you, wild listeners, for tuning in to another episode. If you want to hear more wild stories like this one, make sure to follow the Wild Business Growth Podcast on your favorite podcast app and tell a friend about the podcast. You can also find us on Good Pods with the goodiest of the pottiest. And for any help with podcast production, you can learn more at maxpodcasting.com. Until next time, 
Let your business run wild. Bring on the bongos! Bongos!